Welcome to the Sports Nut Sports Betting Zone podcast with Kenny White, the Wizard of Odds. That's right, he's here. Brought to you by Kenny White Sports, home of the power ratings at KennyWhiteSports.com. And Kenny, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. And uh, I, I just want to start off here with a little betting question that this may be just for my own uh, information and, and, and knowledge. Uh, is there a lot of value in over-under betting in the NBA? And the reason that I ask this is I do a lot of over-under betting in college basketball live. Uh, the NBA, I, I'm leery of because those guys can all go off on a, a streak and, you know, just hit shot after shot after shot. And you're betting the under, and all of a sudden you're in trouble, and 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 it's going over. What do you think? Well, there's value in there's value in NBA totals for sure. Uh, and again, it goes back to if you go to your sports book or your app and you check the the uh, limits that you can wager, that you can wager five thousand dollars on the sides and only a thousand dollars on the total. Why would they limit you? if they were making money on something. So where they make money, they allow you to bet more. Where they break even, they allow you to bet less. And NBA totals is something they've lost uh, for forever. It was the first thing I ever handicapped was NBA totals because it was a guy named Chuck Sharp that was destroying the NBA total market in Vegas. And years later, I learned that, uh, and actually Chuck was a good friend of my dad's. They actually were softball players together. My my dad actually told Chuck the, the secret to totals would be to get a stopwatch and time each team from when they got the rebound or got the ball out of bounds to how long it took them for them to run their offense to get a shot. So he started getting that number on each team and he started finding out the fast teams and the slow teams. And two fast teams played, he was betting those games over. Two slow teams played, he was betting those games under. But little did we all know that uh, years later I found out meeting with Chuck and having a great discussion with him is that he had something going for him that was even better than that. That the New York market, when they opened it, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, they opened their own totals and never looked at what Vegas had. And some of those totals could be 10 points off. On average, they were about five, six points off. So oh, my goodness. He, he had five, six-point middles, you know, on a full board every single day. And, oh, my gosh. And I asked him who was better. Who was better, you think, in the long run, Vegas or New York? And he said, well, I'm going to say they were probably about even. Huh. And that's just exactly what he needed to, to be, you know, to make a ton of money. And he did, and he was, he beat the totals market for a good uh, ten years that he was betting it like that. And that was, you know, but there, there is, there is, uh, there is value in betting NBA totals uh, in every, every total. But again, you got to get it before it moves because that's the, you know, the beauty of this is getting the best number. Right. And and if it's if the number's two twenty in, in an NBA game and you like it over. And you wait to bet it, and it goes to 222. Right. Or 221 and a half. Don't bet it. Do yeah. not bet it. That one and a half points just lost your percentage chance of being a winner. Right. Yeah. Ab- absolutely agree with that 100%. Mike, uh, he wants to talk about, about his Lakers and what's going on with his boy LeBron. Well, Kenny, I just wonder if uh, the LeBron rumors are affecting the Lakers and how it could affect them moving forward because it seems to me, and not just LeBron, let's throw Russell Westbrook in the mix. You know, you've got uh, 
two guys here that you thought were going to be able to carry your team, and you've had trade rumors with Westbrook, nothing happened. Now you got the rumors with LeBron going, moving back to Cleveland, this and that. I mean, how in the world can the Lakers overcome all these distractions? First, we have to have a family conversation here because I'm not understanding how Bob, the dad, let son be a Laker fan, Charger fan, Bengal fan. The next thing you're going to tell me is Mike is a Washington Husky College basketball fan. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not getting this. I think, you know, you guys lived in the, the Midwest there in the St. Louis area for so many years. What is going on? The Laker fan? Come on. I I don't know. You'll have to. T- Kobe Bryant was his favorite player. Hey, he loved that, Kobe. No NBA in St. Louis, man. Right. That's no true. NBA ever. Not for oh, me, that's, anyway. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, this is this is uh, you know I I think you have to be Doctor Phil to figure this one out. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm you know it's to me I, I think Russ maybe just has too many miles on him now. You know he's he's always been a guy that uh, does everything, rebounds, assists, and scores, and gets into the lane. And he's getting up there in age, and he's on the wrong side of uh, going over the peak. He's not at his peak. He's going down the other way. And Maybe LeBron is, you know, LeBron's doing, LeBron's having a great year, but he's getting close to that peak as well. So at 38 years old, it's amazing how, how he's still dominating on the court. But I, I, the Lakers just don't have the pieces. They don't have the outside shooters. That's the problem is they never went after. Why didn't they go after, a, you know, a, a, a Curry's brother? Um, Seth. Seth, yes. Seth Curry. Yeah. Seth sure. Curry. A sharp, so a couple of sharpshooters is what they really needed to open up the middle of the floor. And they just they just have not had those really great three-point shooters. And they still don't. It's I, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. I, I see them going through the motions maybe the rest of the way here. Right. I, I'm, I'm thinking I agree with you. I can't explain why Mike roots for who he does and I actually thought you were thinking that we needed Dr. Phil for him and I. <laughs> oh no, that was for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna need more than Dr. Phil for us, Bobby. <laughs> we are we're the Sports Nuts Sports Betting Zone podcast brought to you by Kenny White Sports. Kennywhitesports.com and for nineteen ninety nine a month Kenny, you can get uh, the power ratings. College basketball power ratings are hotter than a firecracker right now, are they not? They've been very. Oh, they've been strong all year. Um, just, but I think I feel like I'm a I'm a step ahead of, of the game this year, and uh, my adjustments have been been very very good. And uh, so, yeah, the, the power rating numbers, as I said, people are just they just can't wait to get them. Where are the power ratings? If I'm not out by by nine o'clock my time. Um, I'm getting uh, emails. Say, hey, where's the power ratings? Because people want to get that EV from them. And right, it's been very, very good. They're going to be very good in the tournament too. I think I've got a good feel for who's who are the best teams, and you know who who are the uh, who are the surprise teams, teams that are rated higher than others. And no- you can compare that. You can just go to the AP poll, use my power ratings, and use the AP poll, and compare those, and you've got a pretty good understanding of uh, who's undervalued and who's not. And you can get those for nineteen ninety nine a month. Is that not correct? That is correct. At KennyWhiteSports.com, you get a month full. So, so the entire month of March. And then if you don't want to stop from there, go ahead. But we will have Major League Baseball ratings uh, for the baseball season as well. Uh, that's awesome. Let's get uh, let's get them uh, in the uh, <laughs> let's get them to continue negotiating it. Let's just put it that way. 
That's true. Let's get it. Well, that's true. We need to get them to play first. I keep forgetting about that. They're, <laughs> that's kind, of giving me, they're kind of making me feel good. For, for me, this is a good year for them to take this little short break. I'm, I'm hoping they do start a couple weeks later. It'd be just amazing for me because it's hard to get ready for baseball while March Madness is going on, but right. that's the case every year. But this just gives me a little bit more time uh, to do a little bit less every damn baseball to know you can get it done by the time they really are, are expected to start. Let's let's go to your college basketball uh, power ratings. I have them up here. Um, uh, Gonzaga, after the loss, uh, did they drop? No, though they dropped in points. They dropped a, I had two points. I dropped them. Um, it was about 1.8, grounded out to two points on their uh, power rating. So they are down to a 124 and a half. Right. At one point during the year, I had them a 128. I think a 129 and a half was the highest rating I've had them. So they've really come back to the pack as of late. And that kind of makes sense. Second time around the conference that people have seen them. People know what to do a little bit more, What you know, what's going to be successful against them. And then also, you know, how much motivation do they have? This is a team that went undefeated the entire year last year and lost in the championship game. They know winning every game is not going to get them a championship. It didn't last year. So they know they want to peak at the right time. I think they're, I think right now, is probably the time for them to really start peaking after that loss to St. Mary's. We may see some blowouts. Now, they still are number one in the AP and the coaches poll, which I was very surprised to see. I thought they'd drop them, but right. very smart. They are the best team in college basketball. <clears throat> you got Duke number two. Uh, I, I have a question about that because I'm just I, – I don't even know what to think about this team this year. And you have Illinois at number three which I've been on your bandwagon with Illinois. And I think that that is going to play out in the tournament like you do. But uh, my question about uh, Duke is, uh, are they really that good? Yeah, they are that good. Uh, Paulo Benchero is one of the best players in the country. Uh, and, and the supporting cast around him, you, you, he's a 6'10 guy that blocks shots. And then right next to him is, is a seven-footer, his sophomore Mark Williams, who's one of the best shot blockers in America. So they've got great defense on the inside, allows the outside guys to, to roam around and do what they do best. And that's, you know, creates steals. And that's Wendell Moore and Trevor Keels. Uh, Moore's a really good three-point shooter. A.J. Griffin is a great three-point shooter as a freshman. Uh, they, they, they have everything it really takes, inside-outside game. Um, I would say the only thing for me is maybe not that super quick point guard. I thought it was going to be Jeremy Roach, but it's been Wendell Moore has been more of the facilitator in this team. But uh, my, my only negative, well, two negatives. One is they're extremely young. They're going to play three true freshmen in the tournament. Right. And and it's Coach Case last year that's a little bit of pressure. But, you know, they succumb to that pressure. They're going to win the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, this year for Coach K in his last year, with a, which I thought was a pretty loaded division. But most teams kind of slipped, and, and Duke uh, continued to get better as the year went on. So, yeah, they, they, are that, they are that good. They're a top-five team. So who are your top four seeds right now that you would – can you just name off the top of your head? Do you think? Yeah, well, definitely Gonzaga, Duke, uh, Illinois, and, and Arizona, or Purdue. One of those. Okay. Any one of those would be my top four, and no one would have Illinois there, obviously, because of their record. Um, but again, they didn't play with a full, healthy deck the entire year. If you watched them against Michigan the other day, you saw a really good offensive team and a team that's starting to come together. And when Curbelo starts to get 30 minutes a game. 
this team's going to get that much better because he's that exciting of a player. And they're just milking him along, bringing him along slowly, and he plays about 20 minutes a game right now. But it'll be 25 next game, and it'll be 30 when they hit the conference. When they hit the when they hit the NCAA tournament, he'll be playing 30 minutes a game. And okay, this is a this is a Illini team that can win it all. We saw, you know, and anything can happen. We saw last year UCLA, Oregon State make runs to the Final Four and or deep into the tournament at least, not the Final Four for Oregon State. But, right. Um, Illinois has Illinois is deep, and they play defense. Purdue's a team that's is very deep, um, and and has a great offense. They just haven't played defense. And, right. You know, it's surprising. I look at my numbers, and I've got Iowa number eight. Uh, they did not disappoint last night. A twenty point win over Northwestern, an easy win. Uh, right. Who isn't a good team? But this late in the year to dominate like that, Iowa. You know, Iowa's going to be tough. Keegan Murray, they got a great player with Murray. That may be another team to take a look at that they could make the Elite Eight, and you probably get about 75 to 101 odds on Iowa. There you go. I love it. I love it. But you know that the committee is not going to come up with the same four uh, number one seeds that you did. That, that, that no, ain't no com- chance. It's going gonna, it's it's gonna to be off of... Uh, uh, the rankings, the AP rankings. So right now it's Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Duke probably. Right. Yeah, they've and got Auburn, the, Auburn's in there. Kansas, Kentucky, Purdue. Right. Yeah, but Baylor definitely moved back up. All right, we're going to shift to hockey, and Mike has a question, a betting question here, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. Uh, what do you think about betting periods in the NHL? Is there any value in that that you can find, or any handicapping ability? Because uh, I, I've taken a look at some of the scoring for teams by period, and I've noticed, you know, you see a lot of teams that have that one period, which is their best period, and a lot of times it seems like they uh, they hit and win that period like expected. Yeah, first I needed to make sure that the Vancouver Canucks are not your favorite hockey team. <laughs> oh, man. No. You are a St. Louis Blues fan, right? You have one homegrown team? Yes, sir. All yes. right, well, that's good. That's good. You know, it's hard to find these hockey numbers for periods out there. Um, I know there are a couple sites that do it. Um, I just, I don't have the time to follow the hockey close enough. I haven't this year. In years past, I have. And yes, hockey periods are um, a definite uh, market to follow because there are coaches that have their own trends and the way they like to coach and the way they like their team to play. And yeah, you know the Dallas Maver- the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Stars were a perennial under team one year. I think it was like three, four years ago. Every game was going under. They had a streak of like twenty some games go under in the first period. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely streaks of, of how teams play. Now, you can actually get some numbers on NHL.com. Well, for instance, uh, Colorado is the highest-scoring team in the third period. But it's the plus-minus numbers per period that are really hard to come by. Uh, meaning, like, for instance, my Blues are now plus 26 in the second period for the year. And I bet them several times in the second period and they've won me quite a bit of money by doing it that way so uh but it's hard to find those plus minus numbers and i think kenny's spot on with the coaching philosophies you know you look at baruby it makes sense that baruby makes the adjustment by the second period a slow starting first period baruby's gonna get right after him in the second period or the first period intermission and just flat out get him going because they know 
that that second period essentially is going to decide how this game's going to be. Because you go into the third period down two, three goals, as opposed to being up one goal, you know, big difference. So uh, I think looking at some of those coaches, and I think maybe just jumping on one or two teams that you know have a, a high scoring period, and maybe j- rather than trying to, you know, yeah, follow all 30, 32 teams and figure out, you know, their scoring. I I, I like jumping on one or two teams and and piggybacking off of them. What do you think of that, Ken? And not not everybody is going to have a, you know, a major trend like that, but some do. So my question is, I was surprised the St. Louis Blues have the second best record right behind uh, Colorado in their division, and they're 22 to 1 to win the win the Stanley Cup. I was surprised to see them that high. I thought there was value on St. Louis because I know they had some COVID issues back in November. Right. And they were a little sluggish. They lost games in November they probably shouldn't have, and now since then they've been red hot. Right. They, they well they've gotten healthy and and uh and everybody's back and they've got two goaltenders, man. You're talking about one guy that can win a Stanley Cup or has won a Stanley Cup and another guy has the high uh, the best goals against average and save percentage in all the NHL. That's pretty yeah, good uh, problem to have, I think. Yeah, it's amazing to have a guy like Jordan Bennington and see him struggle at Huso stepped in. And yes. Has, it really was the turnaround of the team that yeah. he's turned this team around. It's been an amazing run. Yes. So you just led into the final question. Colorado, I think they're the hands-down favorite in the NHL to win the Cup. I think they're going to be tough to go through because, as Mike said uh, to me on the show, before Darcy Kemper may be the difference. This team is so fast uh, that they just have such great skaters. Uh, McKinnon's the best in the game, it seems. Uh, they they can put up points in a hurry, and they're differential right now, plus 63, the best in hockey. But there are several teams up there. Calgary Flames have been, been playing really well. I don't know if they get enough credit. Uh, Carolina's had a great year from start to finish, but... Who knows if they have what it takes to, to close out. The team that I think that, you know, could do it again is the two-time champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. Um, they, they have the talent to be able to do it. So I, I could see a Colorado-Tampa. Um, early in the year, I could see a Vegas-Tampa. <laughs> um, but two way too many injuries. They, they have not been able to get healthy the entire year. Um, it's just been a rough year on the Vegas Golden Knights injury-wise. So... Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to make up that gap. Uh, so yeah, it looks like Colorado uh, going to be playing somebody from the East. I think in the in the final. So yeah, they should be the favorite. That's why I don't pick futures. I had Vegas going to the finals. All right, that ends our podcast with Kenny White, the Sports Nut Sports Betting Zone podcast with Kenny White every week. We will see you next week. Have a great week, folks. <laughs>